You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a brand new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast brought to you by Barry Law. I'm John Bishop, and alongside Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, we are going to talk with Rachel Saunders this week. Creighton forward as the Jays get ready for a big matchup this weekend against Villanova. They continue to climb their way back up towards the top of the Big East standings. Speaking of climbing, the Creighton men are on a two-game win streak as of the recording of this podcast. They won't be back in action, in fact, until midweek on Wednesday against St. John's. But the Jays, with two big wins in a row, including at a place they have had very little success, Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. We'll talk with player of the game, Ryan Nemhard, who has his first career points, rebounds, double-double. Also, Connor will be alongside Creighton assistant coach Al Huss as we discuss the Blue Jays, what to do during the little break here in the middle of the season and get ready for the stretch drive as the Jays will now have games twice a week from here until hopefully very deep in the month of March, dare I say even April. 1620 The Jays is presented by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. So on Tuesday night, the Creighton Blue Jays walked into Hinkle Fieldhouse, a place that they have only won twice as members of the Big East Conference against the home team, Butler Bulldogs. In fact, between Indianapolis and Philadelphia, those have been the two least successful cities the Jays have had since joining the Big East Conference 10 years ago. But on Tuesday night, they got what was really one of the best complete team efforts we have seen in a very long time. You had four players in double figures, but nobody had more than 12. You had six different players, Actually, seven different players score eight or more points. You also got great bench production. You got six rebounds from Mason Miller. And the Blue Jays walked away from Butler, winning by 21 points. Big win for Creighton and a big bounce back for Ryan Nemhard, who had entered the game just 10 for his last 36 and just quite frankly wasn't himself. And as we're about to find out, had not been feeling well the previous few days. He got an IV before tip-off on Tuesday night in Indianapolis. And here was my chat with Ryan Nemhard, the player of the game from Tuesday night's victory at Butler. Uh, Do you remember the last time you had 11 rebounds in a basketball game? No, probably not. I probably never had it before. <laughs> <laughs> not in high school, not in AAU, nah, not in... Nah, <laughs> definitely not. Not in Little League, <laughs> Pee Wee, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what was in that IV you got today, but uh, are you going to go with that the rest of the season? Um, Just give me a pregame <laughs> IV whether I need it or not. Yeah, I might have to go with that pregame IV every every uh, game at work tonight. So, I mean, might have to go with it. Well, Matt talked about how you know sick you've been. You've lost some weight. Just uh, just how much has that affected your game the last few? Um, uh, I'm not I'm not big on making excuses for myself, but um, I definitely have felt a little a little more tired the last couple weeks or the last week. Um, just a little for more fatigue. I haven't really been eating a lot or drinking a lot, so just 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 feeling tired naturally, wanting to sleep all the time. Um, and yeah, just not having a lot of energy. So I felt I felt really energized uh, these last two days. I felt like I had a good shoot around this morning. I was um, a lot more awake, a lot more ready to play. So um, it, it was great to feel back to normal, and I'm I'm happy we could got got this win and could keep keep winning and keep improving. That first bucket you made, we get an offensive tip out, comes back to mm-hmm. you, you hit the three at the top of the key. I know you know as a shooter, you never want to get into your own mind and mm-hmm. and and, and out psych yourself. But mm-hmm. how big? Was that shot for you just to feel like, okay, now I'm back? 100%. Um, it was big for me. Uh, when you see the ball go through the rim, um, it makes you feel good. And um, after that one, I started to find my rhythm a little bit and make some shots. So that was a big one for me, and um, hopefully I can keep making shots. I work every day. Um, I'm always in the gym. So uh, I just I just trust my work, and I, I know shots are going to fall. Talk about the team effort tonight. Yes, I mean, sir. everybody that was on the floor contributed. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one had more than 12 points tonight. Right. You had all you're all your rebounds, but we right. almost had three guys right. with double doubles tonight. Right. I mean, this is this is kind of an example of the unselfishness that you guys have been preaching about this year. We see it now play out in a road game. It's a perfect place for it. Yeah, 100. percent um, Coaches said in the locker room, um, it's so hard for teams to, to game plan for us when you have five guys scoring five guys scoring about 10 12 points so i mean who are they going to stop who are you going to key in on and um i think that's what we pride ourselves on making the right play um for our teammate and doing what what we can to to help us us win and and get wins and that's all we're about especially at this point of the year all we want to do is get wins it's a different style than what providence plays but did the providence game it was a game where you weren't shooting well from three Mm -hmm. Um, you you got shut out, yeah. um, but you had to be tough. Yeah. You had to work hard. Yeah. You had to get in the paint. Yeah. How much did that help tonight? Because it was another night where you weren't necessarily as a team shooting well from right. three, but you made a concerted effort, everybody, to get in the paint early. I think 12 of your first 16 points came in the paint. Yeah, it's huge for us. Um, we got to find other ways to win. I think that's what we struggled with on the road, uh, not making shots and um, – not being able to pull out those those games on the road, close games, but just not being able to pull them out just because of our defense or certain things like that. So um, we, we know our defense is probably our most important thing. It allows us to run. Um, it allows us to, to just to just have some room for error on offense. And um, we, we've been priding ourselves on that a lot in practice lately. So I think that's something that you'll continue to see. Talk about the defense tonight. Yes, I mean, they're outside of Lukosius. No one else could really make any hay tonight. And you mm-hmm. held them to, what was Rob Anderson's number? It was 20, 27% on two-point field goals. 27%. Yeah, that's big time. Um, we know we have Cock back there as well. Um, whenever anyone makes an error, mess up a coverage, you have Cock back there. And we, we just want to force teams to, into taking those tough twos. Um, and our guards have done a great job um, pressing up into guys, getting over ball screens, and, and, and rear view mirroring to, to make those twos um, tougher. Um, so that's huge for us, like I said. Um, and um, we just want to keep improving, keep getting better, and um, peak peak in March and uh, late February. 
Harris and Hunter combined for 10. They average, like, I think 24, 25 between yes, them, yes, you know, as a, as a duo. And the work on the guards tonight, you're, you're, talk about your effort specifically on defense and what, what your assignment was and how do you think you did? Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think I did pretty well. Um, a couple games ago, we, I talked with the coaches and um, they didn't think my defense was where, where, where it needed to be at. And um, I, I agree. Um, I, think, I think I could be a lot better defender than, than what I show at times. And um, that's just something I want to do and bring to the table every game that, that adds to, your, to you as a player, adds to the team. Um, and if you could be a guy that could impact the game without scoring, um, that's huge. You get some days off now. Yes, thank God. Eight, eight days. <laughs> thank God. And you said it. I mean, your starters are playing a lot of minutes. Yes, After that, it's going to be, you know, yeah. hauling you know what all right. the way to New York City. But right. talk about how important these next eight days are. Super important. Got to get our rest. Got to get in with our treatment. Um, just take care of our bodies these next couple of days. Um, relax, chill out, and get our get our minds right. And um, be ready when it's time to go for St. John's and Xavier and um, for the rest of the year because we know it's a, you know, it's a haul. Only the third time we've beaten Butler in this building since joining the Big East yes, Conference. Sir. That's a it's a tough win here. You guys really played well tonight. Thank Congratulations. You, you bet. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We'll have more of Creighton men's basketball with assistant coach Al Huss. He'll be with Connor Happer here in just a few minutes. But shifting gears to the women's side, the Creighton women have now won three in a row and four of their last five as they're coming off of victories over Marquette, Seton Hall, and Butler all by double digits. And now a crack at Villanova, a team that they beat earlier this season, 67-46, to this time the Jays get Villanova at home, and you'll be able to hear that game Friday night on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. One of their stars is forward Rachel Saunders, so far averaging six points on the season. She sat down with our Josh Peterson. Josh? Thank you, John. We welcome on to 1620 The Jays podcast right now, a guard out of Iowa City, Iowa senior. It is Rachel Saunders joining us on the podcast today. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to it. 
How how do you think the season has gone for you personally so far? The team, of course, on a, a three game winning streak right now, twelve and five overall. How how are you feeling about how you've played basketball this year? I'm feeling really good. Um, it feels nice to kind of be in a rhythm. Last year was a little bit touch and go with my injuries, so it feels good to be out on the court consistently and just kind of be able to get into the flow of things with everyone. Along those lines, maybe beyond consistency, was there hope something that you were hoping to to maybe improve coming into this season? And, and how do you think you've done in that area so far? Yeah, I think I wanted to kind of get back to my fundamentals and, and what I was good at. I was kind of trying to find ways to contribute last year without really having been on the court for a while. So um, I've, I've really been trying to do my best in terms of increasing my assists, uh, limiting my turnovers, um, and kind of being an overall kind of dirty work player that I can be for the team um, and get the ball in the hands of the great scores that we have. The team, you, you started 7-0, and and you had that tough stretch where you go 2-5, and including some losses, obviously, to some of the best teams in the entire country. Since then, you've won another three in a row. I had a chance to talk to, to Flan a few times you know, throughout that, that stretch, and he never really seemed to be that concerned. What was it like in the locker room as, as you had more losses than you would have liked, and, and how do you think you've responded in the, in the recent weeks? Yeah, you know, nobody on the team was – happy to lose of course and we're all very competitive and we felt as though we could have won some of the games that we did lose Uh, so it was disappointing but also just putting in perspective like you said we did lose to some teams that are in the top five in the nation so um putting us on the court with those players gave us a lot of good things that we could work on it gave us some confidence too i mean only losing by not that many to Stanford was really big for us um, kind of being able to play with them, especially when we had an off shooting night. And we also learned a lot about ourselves starting with UConn. Um, and since then we've been able to tighten up those things and kind of emphasize those little things that we maybe got away from a little bit in the beginning of the season. Rachel, along those lines, a lot of the, the core pieces from last season, of course, are back and you guys went on quite a nice run going to the Elite Eight. I, expanding on what you just said about some of those games, how important do you think it was for, for this group with some of those new pieces to match up against Stanford? You'll see UConn, of course, another time, uh, maybe in, cl- in close proximity, Arkansas as well. Seems like as March approaches, those are the games you can lean on and, and look back on in terms of how you handle them. Yeah, I think that the most important thing for us in those games was to not let those one games define us, but also not act like we didn't have a chance to get better in those games. So I think that we can definitely look back at those games and see where we made mistakes that were uncharacteristic of ourselves. And when we're getting into those moments in the season, we're maybe right now, like we've won quite a few or three in a row and are looking to win again tomorrow. Um, we can look back and realize that those are the mistakes that caused us to lose those games. And we have the ability to control uh, those things, whether it be attitude, effort, uh, leadership on the court. Those are controllable things for us. And those are things we can't really compromise on. Speaking of the three-game winning streak, I was on the call for the Seton Hall game uh, last Wednesday. And and coming in, of course, there was a lot of talk about last year and and the three games that that you guys had matching up against them the buildup was a lot of fun the rivalry and 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 how each team is talking about each other your team you guys came out with such great effort and and really it was kind of pedal to the metal the entire time well what happened uh for, for Creighton basketball versus Seton Hall last week 
you know, we we're trying to be a different team than we were last year, right? We can't mimic the team that we were, but that doesn't mean that we don't remember what happened last year mm-hmm. um, in different games and especially on the Big East tournament. Like that that game in the Big East tournament was kind of what fueled our run, to be honest with you, um, in the NCAA tournament. So looking back at those things um, and some things that happened that were not necessarily basketball related um, were definitely uh, encouraging and motivating to us as players and gave us that extra bit of competitive edge and that chip on our shoulder. And we really wanted to go out and play our best and not really give, um, let, let them have any hope. And that's, I think, why we had such a big start and why we kind of continued um, and kind of played all out for the whole game. Rachel, before we let you go and, and kind of going, I guess, a little bit back to the beginning of the interview when we were talking about coming into this final season, you were one of many players, of course, across all of college sports that have the extra year because mm-hmm. of the, the free COVID season. There are some athletes who have taken advantage of it, some who have said, you know, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm ready to move on from college. Why, why was it that you wanted to, to stick around for another season, given that you could have, uh, you know, said, see you later, Creighton. It's time for me to, to move on with my life. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into it. Um, but the biggest factor for me was I do love my teammates and I wasn't ready to not be with them every day and hang out with them every day. It honestly makes me a little bit emotional right now thinking about the end of the season. Um, but I, I do love them and I think that they're going to be some of my closest friends and honestly family at this point for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to look back and say I wish I would have stayed Um, so it felt like the right decision for me and I was able to continue my academics and stay here on campus. So it really was a win-win in terms of being able to be with them, uh, for another season and continue my education. So that was the biggest part, uh, of the decision for me. And when they gave me the opportunity last year, it kind of was a no brainer. So I was always planning on coming back and I'm happy that I did. Rachel, that is some great perspective. I know a lot of our listeners will think back and say, yeah, I wish that I could have had an extra year of college hanging out with with my friends and some of that camaraderie. Uh, We really appreciate your time today. You mentioned the Villanova game coming up this week, Friday night, 8 o'clock, $5 tickets, $5 concession combos, and $2 beverage specials pregame as well. And if you can't make it down there, you can, of course, listen on 1180 The Zone. Rachel, we really appreciate you joining us today. Good luck versus Villanova. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. John, back to you. And again, Creighton women's basketball Friday night against Villanova at Sokol Arena. Of course, tickets are always on sale at GoCreighton.com. And you can catch that game on 1180 The Zone. Speaking of reminders, the Creighton versus Cancer Pink Out auction wraps up this weekend, this Sunday. So you'll want to make sure that you place a bid today on the game-worn jerseys, all the special pink-out jerseys made by Nike, in addition to the custom-made shooting shirts where you can get a name of a loved one or someone that you know who has battled through cancer, however you want to customize that jersey. You get the opportunity to meet with the players and get pictures taken on the court. And it's all, of course, for a great cause, Creighton versus Cancer, where they have raised over $300,000 over the last decade-plus towards the Hope Lodge, Nebraska. This is a really unique facility that we're seeing spread throughout the country, but here in Omaha, the Hope Lodge gives 
housing for cancer patients who are in long-term treatment plans here in Omaha. And it gives them a chance to stay close to their hospital, in this case, either Methodist or Children's, Nebraska Med Center. And they can also stay with a family member or a loved one. And it's a really great facility. It's basically like uh, a a five-star hotel, except there's common kitchen areas. They try to really make it feel as much like home as possible, as these folks are far away from home and, of course, going through a very scary time in their life, life life-saving cancer treatments. So all the proceeds towards the Creighton versus Cancer Pink Out auction go towards the Hope Lodge. And coming up a week from this Friday, the 27th, the day before the Pink Out game, 1620 The Zone's Connor Happer Show and my show, 1620 The Zone's on Sportsmanlike Conduct, will be live at the Hope Lodge, which is located just off of Dodge Street uh, near 80th, just down the hill from Children's Hospital. We're going to be doing our annual paper drive where we are gathering paper products like toilet paper, paper towels, also other toiletries, gift cards for either restaurants, grocery stores, shopping areas where the cancer patients and their families can basically replenish their own supply. And we'll be raising those items. Again, that will be on Friday the 27th from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. We'll have a lot of special guests there. And we look forward to gathering up your donations. You can make a donation by going to cancer.org slash pinkout towards the Hope Lodge. Or if you would like to bid on one of the auction items, visit gocreighton.com slash pinkout auction. Again, gocreighton.com slash pinkout auction. The auction will be closing on Sunday, so those bids will need to be in before Sunday evening. The auction will close then, and the winners will be informed, and will get a chance to uh, gather up their stuff and uh, and join us for the Creighton versus Cancer Pinkout game on Saturday, January twenty eighth. Creighton versus Xavier. And now here's Connor Happer. All right, thank you, John. We are back on more of the sixteen twenty the Jays uh, podcast this week, and we're joined by Creighton assistant Al Huss uh, online with us now. Coach, uh, how are we doing today? Doing well. Doing well, enjoying a couple of days uh, without games. Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of different. You guys will have eight games between games, uh, eight days between games this time. Do, do you feel, like you said, a little bit of a, a little bit of a deep breath? But you know, coming off the last couple here with wins over Providence and Butler, um, do you feel like not relaxed, but you, you have some steadier feet under you at least at, at this point of the year when you when you sort of want to be getting to that point? I think as a general rule, we really try to stay pretty process-oriented. So yeah. whether it's win or loss, I don't know that we deviate too much from, you know, from a day-to-day standpoint. Just, you know, just right now, trying to focus on uh, a few days of kind of getting us better and shoring up some of our weaknesses, getting back to, you know, to, to really getting in our routine from a skill development standpoint, uh, and just, you know, letting a few bumps and bruises heal. And when you look around, um, I want to go into a couple of things with you guys, but just first to sort of set the tone for the thing. I mean, when you look around at the rest of the Big East, um, you know, there is a there has been some crazy results come in over the last couple of days. Um, and you sort of look around the conference. What do you see right now? You've got some tough road games that you've already gotten out of the way or perceived tougher road games that you've already gotten out of the way. And you're at home a lot sort of in the back half of the Big East slate. What do you see when you look around the conference right now and as you sort of start to map out the next, you know, couple weeks at a time? 
well, whether it's the Big East or whether it's college basketball as a whole, the, the margin for error in our, in our sport is just so incredibly small that it's, it's, it's a challenge. Every time you go on the road, it's a challenge. And even some of these home games, if you look at a, you know, St. John's going to Hartford and playing Connecticut the way they did there here, you know, a week ago on Sunday and, uh, DePaul last night beating Xavier. It's just that the margins are so slim that, you know, if you don't have your A game, everyone in our league and beyond our league is, is capable of beating you on a given night. Uh, Al Huss is with us on the uh, 1620 The Jays pod. Let's go through a couple guys here. So, I mean, you start with Ryan Kalkbrenner um, w- with you guys, and you work with the bigs. Um, you know, it's been a it's been an odd journey uh, for, for him this year, but you started finally feel like, um, okay, we have some have some foundation to go off of here. How, how's how's he feeling right now? Obviously, his play affects what's going on around him, but there's no scope of sort of what he does for you guys and how much of the game that he affects. His intelligence level and his understanding and and just the continuity for you know having him be such a major part of what we've done for a couple of years now. You know when you lose him midstream and and you know even before we lost him he just wasn't well uh you know and he was battling his, his sickness and fatigue issues related related to that it just was uh you know it was a it was a challenge it was a challenge for us mentally it's a challenge for him and i think what you see now is he's he's back to himself he's probably he's probably 100 percent physically finally but uh he's still i think working through some conditioning issues just that have come as a result of not being in his daily routine there for, you know, the better part of three weeks. Uh, you know, and so I, just each day he gets a little bit better. I think these two days for him to, uh, you know, to rest his body a little bit and, and then kind of re-engage in his, his routine will be really critical for him to kind of take that next step forward. But obviously we're just, we're a lot better team with him. And that's on both ends of the floor. The numbers bear that out. The eye test bears that out. He's just a guy that uh, he's a he's a huge part of what we do defensively. We try to funnel everything to him, and it's not even the shots he blocks. It's just the fact that he's always in the right spot. He puts fires out when when other guys make mistakes. He's a he's an elite communicator. When you watch even the games on television, you know as I'm watching tape right now, you you hear his voice. Uh, you know it, it gets picked up by the by the microphones of the arena above everyone else's. So he's just a in so many different ways, he's able to impact the game, whether it's the mental parts of it, helping other guys, you know, through some putting some fires out or whether that's physically his ability to score and block shots. Uh, it just it, you can't overstate just how important he is to what we do. Well, and in Ryan's absence, you were able to get some extended looks at, at Fred King. And he I, I thought he gave great minutes the other night. Um, against Butler and great energy when their bigs are sort of out of gas and and all that stuff too. What what is what's the journey been like for him? I mean, all the way around. He I think he's improved you know miles since the start of the season. And you know you're going to need a couple more guys to to step up here down the stretch. What what's it been like working with Fred King through a few months here? Well, number one, he's he's intelligent. He picks things up, even though he's very raw when it comes to basketball to, due to lack of repetition. It's not due to any mental issues. It's just due to lack of repetition. He he picks concepts up very quickly. Uh, and so when you when you work with a guy like that, it makes it it makes it really fun because he you don't teach him the same lesson twice. You're on to a new lesson. Uh, the tough thing for us is he just he has a lot of lessons. He just he didn't play a ton of organized basketball. Uh, and once he got to the NBA Academy, because of the NBA's COVID protocols, 
where he could have maybe made up a little bit of uh, ground before he came to college. He just he wasn't able to do it through playing games there either. So he just he's he's raw. He's learning he's learning games that some of our other players maybe learned in CYO ball and seventh grade and he's he's learning them you know on the fly in high major college basketball uh when you combine that with the fact that our system is just it's incredibly demanding for big players uh we ask him to, to quarterback us on both ends of the floor uh you know and, and when you throw in that just the, the physical demands of the way we want to play the pace we want to play with uh and then just the fact that we want him sprinting in and out of uh pick and roll actions and handoff actions you know, the pace that we require these bigs to move is just, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's a lot physically, it's a lot mentally, uh, you know, and it's just something that, I mean, if you, even if you look back to, to Ryan Kalkbrenner's freshman year, it's something he wasn't equipped to do for more than about 90 seconds at a time. And, and you know, Fred got thrown into the fire. It took him a game to get going. And, uh, you know, he gave us some really good minutes in his absence. I think the, the tough thing now that Cox come back is just, now he's trying to figure out how he can how he can do the same. He can impact the game in, in a much shorter stretch, and so uh, it's it's always hard for young players to figure out you know the the urgency level. You want to be you want to be relaxed enough to play offense, but then you need to be urgent enough to not make a, a mistake. And it's it's a fine line there, and it's something he's kind of still working through. And uh, it's amazing when you see whether it's him or whether it's Mason or or Ben uh, Stolzberg or whatever young guys out there at the time. You know, when those guys have something positive happen when they're on the floor, it could be something simple like an offensive rebound or setting a great screen or just, you know, executing a defensive assignment correctly. When they do those things, you know, you can just see the confidence start to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and for, for all those guys that have, that have come off the bench, we have such an experienced group. There's hasn't been typical opportunities because of the number of close games we played in to, to let those guys play through mistakes. So, you just can kind of see whether it's Fred or any of these other young guys, you can see them, you know, you can see the the wheels turning. You can see the confidence build when something good happens while they're out there. So all those guys are critically important going forward. And, uh, you know, we just, we would love as a, as a staff, obviously to be in a few more situations where we can give those guys some extended minutes and maybe where it's not every possession is, is, is do or die and where those guys can make a mistake or two and not feel like the, the world is coming to an end. That's It's super interesting what you just said there about bigs and, and how much you guys, you know, ask of them within your offense. I think you, you know, nationally you think of Creighton and you think of guard play and, and make it three-pointers and let it fly and all that stuff. Uh, but you guys have a, a great track record in your time and before it of developing big men at Creighton. What's, what's the process – we're sort of going deep here, I guess. What's the process of selecting that guy, and whether it's a skill set thing or you know giving them what you know, what, like you were talking about with Fred, what you think they can handle and what you think they could be on their plate early in their career. What's that sort of process like in identifying a guy who you who you can entrust with all that um, at, at Creighton? I mean, I think you use the. The, the two critical words there are identify and select. You, you've got to do that correctly uh, because it's, it's the set of skills necessarily to be an effective big in our system, you know, are they, they don't always go together. We want a guy, number one, that can keep up with the pace of uh, that, that we run the floor with, uh, you know, and, and you look at some of the tempo numbers nationally uh, and, you know, even our tempo registers is not super quick. It's, if you ask other teams, coaches, that's not the case. We play incredibly fast. Tempo numbers are dictated by, you know, the, the teams that are at the top are usually ones that 
have that created a lot of defensive turnovers and and you know and and have those two and three second possessions and we don't do a lot of that so we really push the ball so number one it's a big that can that can keep up with the pace can change ends at the pace that we need them to change ends uh, at then number two it's they've got to have the ability because of the way we we use our bigs out on the floor 25 30 feet from the basket oftentimes to initiate offense they've got to have the ability the hands to catch it out there and then the the mind to be a decision maker they got to figure out whether the Guard is open, needs to swing it. They got to figure out whether to push guards through on a back cut. They got to figure out when, where to hand it off, and then they've got to read what the what the guard does on the screen because that determines their next movement. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reads that happen, and so you got to when you're when you're evaluating high school and club basketball, you know a lot of the kids aren't used in the ways we use them. So you're just looking for little things, just flashes and glimpses that they can do that. I mean. Cockburner and Fred were both guys that came out of very traditional high school programs where they didn't use them uh, in, in the kind of non-traditional way we use them. Uh, so we just kind of look for glimpses and flashes that they can do those things, watch them just do little things so they can warm up, see how they handle the ball. Uh, when you get the opportunity to watch them in a one-on-one workout, does it look like they really like basketball? Do they like to dribble it? Do they like to handle it out of the perimeter? You know, How does the jump shot look? Even if they don't get a ton of reps, does it look? do they look like a guy – that at some point can step out and make a three-point jump shot because the guys that are really good for us, you know, ultimately can they can throw those threes and they can stretch the defense too. So, uh, and then the, what's become a staple for us, uh, oftentimes it's compared to, you know, the, the the backdoor cut in the Princeton offense is our our big abilities to set a ball screen and then sprint to the rim and catch that lob. Other teams are are, are concerned coming into our games. Number one about our pace, but then number two about you know, defending those lobs. So we have to have a big that can do all the things I mentioned before, but then also have to be athletic enough to, to sprint past the defender and to, and to jump up and catch one up above the square and, and, and dunk it uh, because that's the way we put pressure on the rim. Then if they can score on the post and do some of those other things that these two guys can do, it's all the better. But those first, the first set of skills I mentioned, along with the ability to put pressure on the rim, is uh, kind of what we look for, and then hopefully we can develop some things beyond that. Hey, Coach, uh, we'll let you go. That's that's really interesting stuff. Good luck the rest of the way. Enjoy a, a moment or two, I suppose, uh, off your feet to take a deep breath with this uh, little bit of a gap in between games here. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Taking a look at the Jays' calendar, the Creighton women again are in action Friday night, 8 o'clock tip against Villanova over at Sokol Arena. You can catch that game on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. Men's cross country are participating this weekend along with the women's cross country team. Men's tennis will be at Nebraska. That'll be coming up this weekend. The women will be back in action on January the 24th at Providence. Tip-off time is at 6 o'clock. That's a Tuesday night. And then the Creighton men, after a week off, return to CHI Health Center Omaha to take on St. John's. Pre-game coverage begins at 6 p.m. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock against the Red Storm. Coming up next week, we'll have a brand new, fresh edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. And we remind you that every week, our 1620 The Jays podcast is brought to you by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. 
For my colleagues Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.